Hey everyone, as promised, I do have a short for you today. This is going to be the fairy story, 12 Dancing Princesses. It starts off with a king who has 12 beautiful daughters who sleep in 12 beds all in one room. And like most princesses, they entertain themselves by eating delicious things and sleeping well into the day. It specifically states in the story, in the Andrew Lang version of the translation of the story, that is, that they are very rarely seen before midday. So they, these girls like to sleep in. I can relate, so that's cool. And they're all unspeakably beautiful because they're princesses and this is a fairy tale. Well, um, when they go to bed at night, their father would shut and lock the door to keep them safe. And then every morning, their shoes are found completely worn through as though they had been walking or running all night. And when I say worn through, I mean like full on like holes in the bottoms of their shoes. Now I have a couple tennis shoes right now that are pretty new, but it takes me about six months to wear a hole all the way through my shoe. And I walk about five to seven miles with the dogs a day. So these girls are putting a lot of miles on their shoes in one night, even though the king locks them in every single night. So needless to say, he's a little mystified by this situation because, you know, it's crazy. They're putting hundreds of miles on their shoes in one night. Now, these probably aren't, like, the thick-soled memory foam shoes that I have. They're probably, like, um, you know, like, silk slippers or something. So, you know, you got to give a little bit of skepticism as far as the strength of the shoe in question. But the story doesn't give us details on that. As I mentioned last episode, these fairy tales tend to be very, very short. They lack a lot of detail because they try to leave it to the imagination or to the artistic style of the individual teller. Remember, most of these were passed through oral tradition before they were ever committed to paper. So by keeping them vague, it leaves it up for a lot of interpretation from storyteller to storyteller. But again, it just, it doesn't get that specific about the shoes, just the Holes were worn in them every single night. The king told all of the land that if anyone could discover the secret of what his daughters were up to, he would, he could, this is the person who discovered the secret, could have whichever princess he liked best as a wife and become heir to the throne. But if someone tried and failed to figure it out for three nights in a row, they would be put to death. I don't know why. That seems like a ridiculous consequence for not being able to figure out something that seems pretty trivial unless this king's like shoe budget is becoming a dire issue putting someone to death over it seems a little ridiculous but fairy tales gonna fairy tale right so the king's sons from all over tried and they would sleep in the room next door to the beautiful princesses with the door open so that they could hear if any of the princesses unlock the latch or leave the room. And yet every single king's son fell asleep every single night and they were all eventually beheaded. One day, an old soldier who had been wounded in battle and could no longer fight came upon the land. He decided that he wanted to take on the challenge and is discussing it with an older lady in the village who advises him not to drink the wine that the princesses bring him. She also gives him an invisibility cloak because, you know, 
every peasant old lady in a tavern has one of those in her back pocket. How do I never run into these invisibility cloak people? I'm totally jealous. Apparently these are just floating around. Just as he was about to go to sleep when he took on the challenge, the eldest princess, as expected, brings him a glass of wine, which he secretly throws away but pretended to drink, right? Clever guy. And then he pretends to go to bed and start to snore with the door open like most of the previous, you know, challengers, I guess is what I'll call them. So he keeps the door open and pretends to snore. The princesses are all making fun of him. Another stupid oaf drank the wine and, you know, drank our sleeping draft. And now he's going to be unconscious all night. They're going on and on about what a dummy this guy is while they put on their fine jewelry and their silkiest, prettiest gowns and getting all ready, doing their hair and everything in the, uh, in the mirror. I almost said their makeup, but really, um, medieval kind of turn of the century time people didn't do too much makeup except for people with unfortunate careers but um most women were beautiful by virtue of the quality of their skin rather than the products that they put on it so it doesn't mention makeup it just kind of automatically came out of my mouth because when i say hair makeup always follows but anyway, they're they're having a good old laugh at his expense, unaware that he can hear the entire thing because he's just pretending to sleep. Finally, the eldest clapped her hands three times and her bed sank into the floor, revealing a trap door. The girls run off, and of course the soldier follows underneath his cloak. On the way down the stairs, he steps on the gown of the youngest sister, and she panics, but the oldest kind of teases her, calms her down, lets her, you know, tells her, you scaredy cat, you're scared of everything, don't worry about it. So they continue until they reach a garden of gold, silver, and diamond trees. The soldier breaks a branch from each of these different types of trees as a memento, and each time he breaks one of the little branches, there's a loud snap, and again, the youngest princess just freaks right out. She's sure somebody's following them. And again, the eldest each time calms her down, soothes her fear, lets her know, you know, reminds her, look, you're scared every single time we make this trip every single day and nobody's ever following us. There's nobody following us. It's just the voices of the princes that are waiting for us eagerly and excited. I went ahead and made a note here because it says multiple times the eldest is, oh, that's just the voice of the princes waiting for us. In what weird world does a snapping of a breaking branch sound like a man's voice? I don't know. This is weird. But this is the excuse the eldest makes, and it's also the excuse that the youngest accepts. So clearly neither of them are the brightest crayon in the box. Um, they come to a great lake with 12 little boats and 12 handsome princes who have been waiting for the princesses. The soldier got into the boat with the youngest, and the prince who was at the head of the boat, is having a hard time rowing. He's, you know, exhausted because, of course, the boat weighs a whole soldier more than it usually does when he and the princess go out on their date. So, you know, he's having a hard time with it, and the princess just kind of blames the heat. So I'm sure it's just because it's so hot, I'm feeling a little warm myself. And so, you know, they just kind of yada yada this one away. They approach then a beautiful palace all lit up underground that has a massive ball and the princesses dance all night with their princes until 3 a.m. On the way back, the soldier rides in the boat with the eldest princess and then he runs ahead of them, still under the invisibility cloak, to pretend to be asleep again. 
And, um, of course, so then when they return back, he's already in bed, fake snoring. They think they fooled him. It's just one more schmuck who's not going to be able to guess what they've been up to. As we see with fairy tales, there is the rule of three. So, again, this dude has three nights to figure out what is going on. And for some reason, even though he figures it out the first night, he goes ahead and waits to tell the king until the third, which mystifies me. Usually with these fairy tales, I've read enough of them to see that usually it will somehow magically take all three days to figure out the situation. Think about Rumpelstiltskin. It took the princess three whole days to figure out his name. This story is a little unique in that he figures everything out the first night, but still waits till the third night to tell the king what's going on. It's a little, little odd for these kind of stories. Usually it takes the full time period to get everything settled. In this case, he, he continues to follow them. He does take a cup from the ball the third night, but really he could have easily done that the first. He already knows what the whole situation is. And so then day three, when he's called before the king, he uses the cup and the three branches from the diamond, gold, and silver tree in the garden to prove his story. The king then calls out his daughters on it. And at this point, they see that they're not going to be able to continue hiding everything from their father. I don't know how they hid a trap door, but they can't talk their way around these silver branches. Either way, they're caught and the soldier is given the option, of course, to choose which princess to marry. He chooses the eldest because, and I quote, he is not very young and then later becomes the king. Now, in the Andrew Lang version, he chooses the youngest and it's actually a young man rather than an old soldier. So there is a little variation from version to version. The Andrew Lang version does go ahead and give him and the a couple of the princesses names. Um, I think just the youngest and the eldest, but in this translation, he marries the eldest daughter. In the Andrew Lang version, he marries the youngest, which both are tropes that we see pretty commonly in fairy tales, so no surprise there. It's always either the, the eldest or the youngest. Probably why middle children have such a complex about not being noticed probably comes from fairy tales like this, where the middle child just is kind of disregarded. And in this case, it really stinks because there are 10 middle children. Oh, that's rough. So looking at some literary analysis of this story, there's several lessons that this one specifically is meant to portray. Um, first one is a message to kind of parents on growing up. Just like Rapunzel, this story poses the thought that the more tightly you cling to your children as they grow up, the harder they fight to break free. This is seen in the princesses being able to escape the tower and go underground to dance all night. I still think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that your kid is going to somehow be able to hire an architect to build a trap door in their room without you knowing. That seems to be going, at least to me, a little far. Most kids don't have that in their budget, and most parents are going to notice a crew coming in to dig a tunnel out of their kid's room. But <laughs> that's not the point. You know, fairy tales are always a kind of a accelerated version of real-life circumstances. And so this one is talking about how the harder you try to cling to them, as evidenced by the king locking and bolting their doors against their will every single night, 
the king is coming from a, a good place. He's just trying to keep his daughter safe, especially at a time where historically women didn't have a lot of power, you know, historically it was kind of unsafe to be a girl. I know we like to whine and complain about, well, not we like me, but a lot of women like to whine and complain about how hard it is to be a woman today. No, during the medieval period, it was actually a pretty bad deal. Um, you didn't get to, you know, go out and get a job if you weren't satisfied with your life circumstances back then, you know, it was, it was definitely a more rough time to be a woman then because you really were essentially property whereas women like to whine about that today very few of them have actually experienced it and so i think the king here is acting from a, a good place he's trying to keep his girls safe because women were some of the most vulnerable among the population even if they were princesses and you know probably keeping his investments safe seeing as princesses were a pretty valuable bargaining chip when it came to making peace or acquiring money from other kingdoms. But in his attempt to both protect and control the girls, it's only made them rebel harder and, like I said, somehow made it so they can hire an architect without the king knowing. Doesn't make any sense. The trapdoor thing was right away where I kind of started laughing in this storm. How does he not know that that's there? I don't, I don't know. That seemed kind of crazy to me. Then to kids, the message of the story is to heed the advice of elders. This is seen with the old woman giving the soldier advice to not drink the wine, which would have, you know, put him in his sleep where he couldn't wake up from. And uh, he wouldn't have discovered their secret. Also with her giving him the invisibility cloak. It is only due to the advice of the old woman that the, um, that the soldier is able to survive. In other versions, he's called a cowboy, which is... Also funny to me to think of, because most of these stories are European, thinking of a European cowboy. I always think of European men as too dainty to be cowboys. So, I don't know. It just kind of cracks me up. Um, I kind of attach the title of cowboy exclusively to, like, Americans and Aussies for some reason. I know people probably think that's weird, being American, that I think of Australians also as cowboys. But think these people have to be tough. They survive somewhere where the planet itself is trying to kill them. So, I always think of... Americans and Aussies as cowboys, but the, the uh, Andrew Lang version of the story does call the soldier a cowboy, whereas the other translation I had calls him a soldier, which I thought was just a little more romantic, and these are romantic fairy tale kind of stories, so I wanted to put it in there. But I do like that it balances a message for adults being overprotective of their adult children, and then balances that with that the children do need to listen to the advice of their elders and seek that advice and benefit from it. And then the third lesson that I found in most literary analysis of these stories was um, that deceit is always uncovered in the end. And we see this message a lot in fairy stories. Um, fortunately, in this one, it doesn't kind of reveal itself in a very gruesome, violent way, which we do see a lot in fairy tales. This one, it's, it's just more that the princesses kind of realize they're caught when their father calls them out and they go ahead and confess. I think really the worst characters in this story, ugh, it's kind of a balance to me between the king and the princesses because 
yes, the king was willing to execute somebody who couldn't figure out the princess's secret in three days, but the princesses are sleeping in a room right next to all of these king's sons, their peers, coming in and out of this castle, and they allow countless numbers of these young men to be killed just so they can go out and party at night. So I'm guessing they are teenagers, like preteens or something, because I don't know too many, or they're just sociopaths and it runs in the family. I don't know. I don't know too many people who would allow another human being to die just so they can go out and play. So it does, I mean, and while the eldest sister probably wouldn't have a lot of choice over her marriage prospects or anything like that, none of them would really have a lot of choices, but the younger ones would have more influence because mostly when it comes to kingdom to kingdom commerce, the eldest would be the most desirable. But yeah, the fact that these princesses are just willing to drug these young men so that they sleep and literally send them to their deaths so that they can keep partying, to me, is ridiculously selfish. And I do kind of feel bad for whether it's the Andrew Lang version where he marries the youngest daughter or the other translation, I think it was the Grimm's translation where he married the eldest daughter. Either one of those girls, their prince that they've been courting for a long time just gets disregarded because... Because, you know, the girl ends up marrying the main character. So it's kind of a bummer for that guy as well. <laughs> but uh, I do like that this in this version, the deceit is always uncovered in the end theme is much less violent than you usually see in most fairy tales. Though, again, there is kind of a tragic waste of young life in this. And I really think that these, these princesses need some kind of psychological counseling because it is not normal to have absolutely no regard for... The fact that young men are dying trying to figure out where they're going every night and they just party on they don't care and it, you know you see that a lot with the upper classes in regard to the lower classes in these stories but these it specifically mentions were king's sons these are these princesses peers and uh they still don't care what happens to them in fact in the andrew lang version the princes that they dance with in the underworld are the like the kind of permanently trapped in purgatory versions of the king's sons that have been killed trying to figure out what these princesses are up to or something like that. It was, it's crazy. But anyway, that is my summary of the 12 dancing princesses. If you've heard any other versions of this story, I would love to hear it. It is kind of an interesting, strange story. There's just something a little bit surreal and weird about it. Um, it's very similar to a lot of other fairy tales. Again, very heavy use of the rule of three. But at the same time, it does have enough difference in it that it is just a little strange. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Again, if you want to help out the podcast, like, subscribe. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, uh, southernfriedstorytime.wordpress.com. And of course, your favorite podcast apps as well. So please do tune in as I continue to release a bunch of shorts on some shorter, easier fairy tales. And I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Have a wonderful evening.